Hey everybody, this is Rhett the DM for Stack of Dice, and we are getting ready to kick off another fun episode. Uh, before we get started though, I do want to remind everyone that we are going to be using sound effects from BattleBards.com. So if you're at all interested in adding sound elements to your game, feel free to drop in and pay them a visit. Again, that's BattleBards.com. If you sign up as a Prime subscriber, you'll not only have access to streaming sound effects and tools, but you also get a 20% discount if you use our exclusive stack code. So again, drop in, check them out, and see what their sound effects can do for your game. And Thane has an announcement to make. We finally got the results to our dice giveaway that we started when? About a month ago. About a month ago. And so the winner of our amazing Alliance Blue Dice was Arrowhead. Congratulations. So we got these Alliance Blue Dice from Dice Envy. And we want to thank them for partnering with us to do this. And we also want to say thanks to all of you guys who participated in the giveaway. And um, finally, we just want to say stay tuned for more. We'll, we'll hopefully be doing more of these in the future. So just keep on listening, keep on spreading the word for your chance to win some amazing dice. Or something else. We might try something else in the future, too. Or something else. Before we get started with the game, I do want to kick off with a question for each of you. And I want to start, we'll start with Thane this time. Why don't you tell me about your favorite and least favorite NPC that you have met in the game so far? Favorite is Feverfew. <laughs> And well, why? It, actually, it's a tie between Feverfew and the Plague Doctor that we fought. Okay. Uh, Feverfew because of the library, <laughs> but um, also Plague Doctor just because he was so cool with the voice and everything. Um, my least favorite. <sighs> kind of hard because I kind of like all of them. Um, I don't think I have a least favorite. Okay, that's fine. Michael. Um, is this answering as me, Michael, or as Womberbash? Answer for yourself. Okay. Yeah. My favorite is the old lady that gave us directions. My least favorite is the old lady that gave us directions. I'm trying to remember the old lady that... You remember when we were in Flunmore? Right, and... but there, there was an old guy that, that gave you the really detailed ones. Is that who you're talking about? No, there yeah. was a lady that finally and did oh, get... Oh, she, she's the one who yeah had the laundry basket and she yes, was... Yes, okay. so... I liked it because she gave us directions, but then I didn't like it because she also kind of took a long time just to kind of tell us where to go. And she's like, oh, I'm going that way anyway. And it's like, look, I didn't ask you to come with me. I just asked you to show me or tell me where it was. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So. <laughs> now, is there a difference between your answer and Womberbash's answer? Yeah, Womberbash's least would probably be Feverfew because he was so flamboyant and loud and kind of, you know, that, that would be his. And his favorite would probably be... Um, he probably wouldn't have a favorite. He really doesn't really want to interact with anybody that he's unfamiliar with. So, yeah. Okay. And let me go back to Thane. Did... Does Peter have a different favorite, least favorite? I would say for Peter, Feverfew is definitely not a favorite. Not a least favorite, but not a favorite because he's like, uh, hey, Feverfew. Um, I would probably say his favorite would be maybe Comfrey because that's just the person that he's known the most his whole life. Kind of a father figure to him. Maybe even his father. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, 
Only the DM knows. Only the DM knows. <laughs> I would probably say his least favorite character would be... Well, let's see. Like. You have Chizik. You have Tira's dad. You have, uh, really you have Matilda. You got, you got the spy guy who... Uh, Oh yeah, Jarrett. I don't know. Jared. I don't know much about oh, yeah, Jarrett. I don't. I don't we think. Always forget poor Jarrett. Poor Jarrett. Doesn't seem to exist Alas, anymore. Alas, poor Jarrett. <laughs> Alas, poor Jarrett. Well, <laughs> Peter doesn't care too much about Garrett. Jarrett. Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we see him, we should call him. They'd be like, guys, it's Jarrett. I traveled with you. For Samuel. A while. Uh, Jarrett. Yes. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Philippe. No, it's Jarrett. Okay. Philippe. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Samsonite. That was way off. <laughs> I would probably say Jared might is just like meh to Peter. All right, and Meredith slash Tira. Um. Well, I think my favorite NPC so far would probably have to be the stag. Oh yeah. Uh, I miss that stag. <laughs> And those were just some really good episodes, too, mm-hmm. when we first encountered the stag and then when we met him again at the top of the mountain after getting through all the um, uh, all the challenges. So I really, I really, really like the stag. And I kind of expected you to say Lomberbash's favorite would have been the stag because it was an animal. And he was like gentle and mystical and awakened something in you. And it was an animal with whom you are familiar. Yeah, but he looked tasty as well. So I don't know. <laughs> Again, favorite. <laughs> I fail to see the difference. Yeah, I don't understand where you're going with this. Um, but yeah, so that's mine. And probably Tira's as well. Okay, right. That makes uh, sense. Well, I don't know. Because, Tira's probably would be her own father. Well, possibly. I mean, but you have met a <laughs> <At least> legend. <laughs> so, yeah. Tira has met a, a a clan legend. That's true. And so, I mean, yeah, you've got your dad, and he's great. But yeah. wow, I met the stag. Right. Right. His fa- her father's reserved for the least favorite character. No, no. Um, I'd say my least favorite. Uh, maybe that ravine that I fell down in. <laughs> Had a very and sour broke, disposition. Curse broke, broke my leg and couldn't get out of it, and had to be rescued oh, by yeah, we Peter never, of all people. We never, sorry, we never really tended to that. Yeah, yeah. Am I still you, gimping you around? Did. Or you did. You, you made a poultice and you put it on her ankle. Oh yeah, it was yeah. temporary. It was enough. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'd say Tira's least favorite would probably be that bear lady because she put her hurting on me. Mm. She, I mean, she was a cool character or anything, but I mean, she just about, just about laid me low. That was a bad fight. Yeah, that was a bad fight. So I don't think Tira is maybe mm. maybe she'll be on the. No, I killed her, didn't I? You did. Oh, never mind. I was gonna say maybe Tira's on the lookout for her for revenge later, but I, I cut her head off. I think right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was she the one whose head I cut off, or was it her leg? No, the the guy in the alley was. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> just, Tira likes to sever body parts. <laughs> it's her favorite way to end a fight. You well, know, you're what? swinging a heavy axe. <laughs> She is a barbarian, so... Um, And I'm going to go ahead and answer this, too, as the DM. I think my favorite to play so far has been Feverfew, just because he's so different from anything I've ever done. And least favorite. Mm, That's a a tough one. There's just so many likable characters. I mean, we haven't really created any characters that are just annoying to be or be around. At least I don't think so. I guess least favorite for me as a DM would be the proprietor of the suitcase shop where you went and you 
uh, got it because he was just so milk toast. There, there wasn't anything to him. And that was right at the beginning of when I was starting to play around with trying to make memorable NPCs. And I wasn't expecting you to go to the store. And so I just, uh, 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 <laughs> here, buy a suitcase. Uh, so I tried to inject a little something into him with naming the different styles, but eh, he was meh. Yeah. Uh, but then for me, Rhett, I think my favorite so far, I'll, I'll agree with Thane, is the Plague Doctor. He, I did not have him fully formed when we started that game. And so I, I don't know where the rising intonation came from, but... The more I think about it, I've gone back to that episode several times and just played that part again because I enjoy listening to it. Have you listened to that yet? Yes. Okay. What did you think? It was dope. So with, with the voice change and yeah. everything? Yeah. yeah. yeah I've was listened fun. to that episode so many times <laughs> just to hear Kyle and I read. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So it's it's been fun to reminisce about these NPCs and it's... You brought up NPCs that I had forgotten were even in the game. So I appreciate you bringing those back to my attention. And just keep your eyes open because there will be more. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them. And as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hello, everybody. This is Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice, and with me is... Meredith as Tyr Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mum. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. We want to welcome you to our table as we continue our homebrewed 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. In our last game, the party made its way through the winding mountain roads of central Moraga on the way to the remote and very mobile desert city of Jama. Along the way, they have stumbled upon the bucolic town of Blinkenden, a close but tiny community nestled in a mountain valley. After swapping tales with the locals in the village inn, the road-weary travelers have retired to their rooms and are settling down to sleep for the night. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! Me. I am. Womberbash, at last word, I believe you had said you, you made a nest out of the things on the bed and piled it on the floor. Did you basically just go right to sleep? Okay, so you have gone right to sleep. And so, Peter, you and Rebecca are sitting in the room, just kind of, uh, you said you were taking off your armor and stacking it neatly, and Rebecca is, I don't know, thinking Rebecca thoughts. And as you're working, he glances over, and he, you can feel him looking at you. And then he says, uh, Peter, would you mind if I ask you a question? Not at all. When we were about to enter the mountains and I awoke to find you had helped me, you had healed me, I saw you go over to Womberbash and he looked he looked like he was hurting about as bad as me. But then when you walked away, he was he was fine again. What happened? Ooh, um hmm. <laughs> uh it must have been just you coming out of being unconscious. I mean, it took us a while. Um, for it, it took me a while. I, I just kind of like patched it up and just kind of left it to heal. But I, I saw you walk over and he was slumped. And, and then when you walked away, he was sitting up and talking about how hungry he was. 
I've just never seen anything like that. It, it was amazing. But if you say that you have that level of skill with healing, that's that's amazing. I, I'm glad to be in your company. Is Wombabash still awake? No, he said he went right to sleep. You just like fell down and are unconscious now? You're calling me a liar. <laughs> What's that alignment again? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Neutral. Why, why would you not explain to him... Lawful oh, truth bendingness. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to. <sighs> no, that's fine. I mean, whatever I'm... Peter would do in this situation, that's fine. I want to kind of keep this magic with uh, within our group as much as we can. I mean, if uh, Rebecca is going to be part of our group, it might be best to just go ahead and let him in on the secret now, rather than have him find out later. That's entirely up to you. This is your judgment call. Tira's in her room. Walmerbash is asleep. So this is all you, Peter. Rebeck, do you plan to stay with us? Because that's fine if you do. Well, I, I did say that I was going to accompany you to the port city. And by the way, the port city, just so we're not always calling it the port city, is named Isling. But there I had intended to just go on. Why, why do you ask? Oh, no reason. <laughs> just oh, you know. go back, do what you're doing. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I mean, yes, I plan to go with you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. This is uh, a major dilemma. For I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm tired. I I should probably go to bed now. Um, yeah, good night. I am very tired. Something about riding in a saddle all day makes you very tired. Takes the strength right out of you. Uh, but I did enjoy the story you told downstairs. I appreciate that. I like Arlo. I had never heard it before. Thank you. And you said you got that from the Green Book? Um, well, it's, it's, it's not from the Green Book, really. Um, it's, it's just kind of like one of those stories that are just told by word of mouth from uh, priest to priest. Hmm. Well, it was a great story, and I'll certainly remember it. But like you said, I'm very tired. I think I'll go to sleep. Same. Good night. Good night, Peter. And you can hear him yawning as he lies down in the bed. Time passes. It's hard to tell exactly how much time has passed when suddenly, Wamberbash, you smell an odd, almost oily smell, and you hear somebody moving in your room. The feet are right next to your head. What's going on? Who is that? You hear the movement stop and an in- a sharp intake of breath. <gasps> and then... You hear a voice say, Hello? Uh, uh, who, who, who are you? Oh, I'm Wilfred. Who's in this room? And then he lifts a little metal slide on the side of a lantern, and the, that now you know where the oil smell was coming from. And yellow light fills the room. You can see Rebeck's form. He's starting to sit up groggily in his bed. And Peter, you are now awakened by the mixture of the light and the sound. Uh, And so you're stirring in your bedroll, but you can see he looks like he works here at the inn. You certainly saw him down in the main room downstairs before you came up to go to sleep. And he says in a shaky voice, "Uh, are you the ones who came from Flynnmore? Yeah, I'm blinking sleepily. Um, well, Master Arlo just sent me up here. He he said that... uh, trade man came through and stopped in downstairs for a quick bite to eat, but he said that he had been stopped on the mountain roads coming here. 
and there were two figures, and they were both pretty scary, but they were asking about a group of people coming this way, and um, he, he said one of them looked like a, like a black bird, and the other one was a really tall fella, and just they were asking about whether or not we had any strangers coming through this way, and instead of, let me back up, and Master Arlo just said that it sounded like they might be coming this way, these two fellas. Uh, I'll look over at Wombrabash. I'm I'm quite awake now. A black bird? Like... Was he talking about that creepy guy? I think so. I, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go get Tira. You push by Wilfred, who is standing there stammering and, and holding his lantern. Oh, I've also just picked up my mace and have it on my belt. Peter, you step out into the hall, go over to Tira's room, and Tira, you are, you awaken to the sound of... I jump up immediately. Who's there? It's me. Peter! So I cross the door and I open it. Um, so one of the, uh, the uh, in attendants just came in and said that a tall guy and a figure like a black bird has, has is coming this way, asking if any groups of strangers have been passing through this town. Like us. They're looking for us. I think so. Uh, where is this man? Um, he's downstairs. Well, sir, he's in the, the in attendant is... <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> yeah, I, that was me I, not here. <laughs> I know. Uh, the, the in attendant is in, is in our room, but he said that there was a man downstairs who is eating, who told, who told him all of this. All right, uh, let me talk to the, the, the in attendant. Right this way. I'll follow you back. You come back to see Wilfred standing there, and he was actually about to leave the room having done his job, mm-hmm. and he almost bumps into you on his way back out into the hallway. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you coming. Are you the inattendant? I am. Okay. Tell me again. Who are these men that are asking about us? I, I don't know. Uh, Master Arlo sent me up here to tell you that uh, a visitor coming through said that he was held up by a couple of guys asking him a bunch of questions about about a group of strangers coming through, and um, that's all I know. I'm Did he sorry. describe them? One of them looked like a little black bird. This is what I'm hearing from the guy downstairs. He said one of them looks like a, a little black bird, which just sounds bizarre to me. And the other one is a really tall fella, and of course it's dark out, and so maybe maybe he just didn't get a good look at him, but this doesn't make any sense to me, and I, I'm sorry, but if you want any more information, you're going to have to go downstairs. I'm going to well, go into know. my room and start uh, donning my armor. Just yeah, I don't know if we should go downstairs to talk to the guy or not. He might be... What time is it? Oh, uh, it's maybe a few hours till morning. All right, I'm going to pack up my things, I guess. I wish I could have some more sleep. Um, Wombard Bash has his hair sticking up on one <laughs> side of his head. Bad head. <laughs> Wait, is Rebecca? up? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's Rebecca. up. He's... Gathered his meager um, possessions. Yeah. Is, is there a back door to this place? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Is there, a is there any way that we can get out without having to go down through the main area? Wilfred says, well, yes, yeah, yeah. I can take you out another way. Out to the stables. Is that you're wanting to leave? Yes. Okay. And you've already paid for your rooms, right? Yes. Yes. 
Well, I, don't I don't see know. why not. I guess I guess you could go any old time, but uh, why don't I take you out that way then? All right. Uh, and if you would be so kind, don't tell the gentleman downstairs who's been asking about us that we've left. Please. Uh, sure. All right. I'll run back to my room to get all my stuff. Are you going to take the time to put it on or are you just grabbing it? Peter's well, I don't, in the process of strapping on his things right, right but now. I mean, I don't really, I didn't have any armor That's to remove. True. That's I'm probably true. just sleeping in what I was wearing the whole time. Okay, so you grab your backpack and you your axes, axes. <laughs> your mint green tunic. And your yeah. mint green tunic. Which is I'm wearing. Lovely. Mm-hmm. And Walmart Bash, you gather your things. So yeah, you all manage to get your things. It takes Peter the longest. Uh, and so you head down the alternate staircase and it does lead you through a side door and out to the stable yard. Is there a window that I can peek into the main room where not this yeah, tradesman should be? Not on the back of the building. The, the only windows appear to look into the kitchen. But like, okay, so this is... <laughs> to get back a little bit, as we come out of our rooms, you know, in the hallway there, isn't there like you can look down sometimes from... Yeah, from you old can look down like, so from above. You can look down into the main place. Maybe we should stop and, and try and take a peek at him before we, sure. as we sneak out. Sorry, let's, let's try and do that. All right. As you make your way to the alternate staircase, <laughs> Tira peeks over the railing and down into the main room. And there is a man sitting at the table. He appears to have some kind of homespun cloth on, not, not, nothing terribly fancy, traveling clothes, heavier gauge, heavier duty clothing made for rougher elements, but his back you're kind of looking down at the top of him and he's hunched over a plate of food. Doesn't seem to, but he looks like he's overweight. Not doesn't seem to be anybody that you recognize from the back. I don't recognize him. I don't even know that he was with the band of people who attacked us as we were leaving the city. Do you, do either of you recognize him? No, I can't really say him. Peter? Neither do I. I don't know if we can risk talking to him. I think we just need to leave. Yeah, I think so. But he could, he could have, like, some useful information for us. He could, but it's an awfully big risk to take, Peter. If, if he was sent to ask about us, how do we know that he's not with them? How do we know he won't give us away? If we go down and talk to him and get information from him, then he, what if he's reporting back to these two... And we have no idea how close behind us they are. We need to get out of here. All right. Um, no, I think we, let's, let's just let's get out of here. Wilfred looks at you questioningly, and when he sees that you're resolved now and ready to go, he says, now watch your step. And he goes down the stairs, um, and you make your way down out to the back. You can hear your horses snorting in the <laughs> stables. And after a couple of minutes of Wilfred doing his work, he's apparently also the stable hand. He pulls double duty inside and out. He gets your horses saddled, minus Wamberbashes. Glue doesn't have a saddle, just a little bit of a blanket, I think he said, mm. on her back. The horses are now ready, and you are free to mount, or actually lead them out of the stable yard, because it's a somewhat narrow gate. You could ride through, but in the dark, you don't want to risk it. So you lead your horses by their reins out to the east-west road that cuts through the town and takes you further on to your destination. I'm just going to walk my horse for a, a bit because I don't want to make noise of like galloping hooves, so I'm just going to keep walking her uh, until we maybe are at least out of sight of the 
Like, is there a hill or something that we're going to end up going No, down? but you are going to go through a cut on the far side okay. of town that leads apparently to the road that heads mm-hmm. down to the All right. So one, once we've like turned a corner or however it is that we are no longer within the eye line of the, of the inn. I'm good well, before that, that happens, uh, you get out to that, the wide part of the road. And as you're standing there, first of all, your horses are feeding off of your, your adrenaline. So they, they're already a little jumpy. Uh, glue is kind of pulling her head back against the reins and she's, you can see her showing her teeth, which is never a good sign. And her ears are laid back a little bit. So the, all the horses are feeling a little spooked, but Glue in particular seems to be a little bit nervous. Uh, thing number two that you notice is as you head out there, you hear sound coming from the west. That's the way you came into town. And as you look that direction, Tira, you can make out two figures well back in the shadow of that cut. <laughs> and you can see one of them on the back of a horse, and he seems to be almost bobbing a little bit in the saddle. The horse isn't moving, it's just standing there, staring in your direction. But about a hundred yards west of where you are, you can see this figure just kind of doing, shifting its shoulders back and forth. And then it looks over to the left to the tall figure that's standing next to it, and you can see the beak of the mask. Yes! Is, is this da- this is down the same road in which we're going? They are to the west. You're trying to head to the east. Okay. Okay. So they are coming into town. You're trying to leave town. Fantastic. Stop, guys. Stop. To the west there. I you think. see nothing. The three of yeah. you, the three humans, see absolutely right, nothing. Right. It's just dark. I can see them. They're down at the end of the road. Who are they? It's the plague doctor. As you speak, your sibilants sound out in the dark. And you can see the mask swing back towards you. But your sibilance still cuts through that darkness. And you can see the mask swing back to look at you. And then with a little bounce of his heels against the horse's side, the horse begins to lurch forward. And you can see the tall figure reaching behind him to pull out a wicked-looking axe. My mason shit. <laughs> you shout, ride, Tira, as loud as you can, and your voice sounds unnaturally loud in the darkness, just as the large figure begins lumbering. So you can see him gradually picking up speed as he's heading towards you. And you swing up onto your horses, Tira, you have a little more trouble with that. And I want you, <laughs> why don't you all go ahead and roll me an animal handling check? Plus two plus two, so seventeen. You're fine. Uh, <gasps> luck point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, just uh, just out of curiosity, when I'm focusing on this, I get advantage on wisdom. Uh, animal hand, animal hand, mm-hmm. handling. Yeah. What does that mean? Do I just add? The, you said uh, you have advantage. Yeah. Oh, so you get to roll twice. Okay. I so rolled. you. you we can say that that first pair of rolls didn't count as a luck point. Okay, so that's just, advantage. So just keep okay. Um, total. Yeah. What's your total? Five. Thane, what did you get? I rolled a twelve total. Okay. It's a ten DC. And so, Tira and Peter manage to get up on their horses. Rebecca also gets up on wind. And Womberbash, you can see he's, it's like his foot is slipping without the saddle on glue. 
it's like he cannot get his leg high enough. He's still waking up. So you have one more chance to get on glue. And Tira and Peter and Rebek, your horses are all dancing away to the east. They can feel that yeah. surge coming from the west. And yeah. so they're they're already pirouetting away towards the east where you want them to go. Bash, come on! So you're giving me another, another try? Yes. With the wisdom, with the... With advantage. <laughs> I made seven. a 10. I made a 10. Okay. Like a 7 out of 1. You make a 10, but the... Uh, so you, you manage to get up, but... Already the gap has closed considerably in the few seconds, and now within 20 yards, the two figures are bearing down on you, and you are just getting your horses headed to the east, and you can, you can almost feel the breath of these guys on you. You can see the, the little beaked figure leaning forward, and even though you can't see any facial expressions you can tell that he's looking at you with malevolent intent. But then you see springing up, leaping over the stone wall that borders the road, you see the great stag bound over the wall. His antlers gleam in the starlight. And as he leaps from the ward where they do their pasturing of sheep and lands on the road, he turns smoothly to face the two approaching figures moves his head casually almost to look over his shoulder in your direction and you hear him say ride yes. I love you, stag. <laughs> I, that was me that was me stag and is so not my favorite i'm MP. assuming that you all just put yeah. heels to horses and off you go like streaks of light glue is leading the pack <laughs> like she has not run in years and the four of you go thundering through town you can you can see uh, one or two heads at the windows of the various houses as you go streaking by. And from behind you, you can hear the belling of a stag. And then a white, almost like a, in movies when you see an explosion with a, with a white radius shooting yeah, out from yeah, something, yeah. it's this low, bassy sound that emanates from that direction. And then you know nothing more. You just ride on through the cut, and that's the last you see of this little town. The stag just leveled the entire place. (laughs) 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 After about two minutes of riding, you can see Rebek holding out his hand. He's second in order. So Wamberbash streaked ahead. Rebek is right behind him. Peter, you're the heaviest, so you're actually coming up last with these running horses. And so uh, after about two minutes of hard riding, the horses are heaving Rebek throws his arm out to the side and calls out, We need to slow down. We must slow down. These mountain roads are far too treacherous to be riding like this at night. It's not too hard for me and pork meat to slow down. Because I'm not moving too fast anyway. Because I'm so heavy. You're moving fast, just not as fast as the others. Mm-hmm. Alright, yeah, pull up. Pull up on the reins. Alright, so you, you pull up and the horses seem to be yeah. happy to have the relief. Uh, but they, the, you can see... As they were running, they were, their heads were tossing, and you could see their eyes rolling. They were not happy with the way things were looking. <laughs> but you do slow down, and Rebek says, What is going on? What did you see? Uh, what did you see? Yeah. <laughs> what did you see? 
how much do we need to remove? <laughs> We've seen this stag before. What was that? I, I, that was the biggest stag I've ever seen. Now, that little black figure I, I've seen, obviously, uh, he was holding me hostage at the gate. Oh, that's right. I'm like, what? Did you see Tira was looking all scandalized like, oh, no. Sorry. By the way, I was meaning to ask, what happened exactly? How did you get caught and everything? Because yeah. I thought I saw you go into a, a, uh, an alley. Oh, and, and, and then like, we, we saw somebody go in after you, I think. But like, you guys were gone. Oh, what, what, what happened? Well, I, I thought I was taking a shortcut. And I went through this alley. I, I've spent a lot of time in... Flynn Moore, and so I thought, surely I'll be all right. And as soon as I walked in there, the next thing I knew, I was lying in a cellar somewhere with my head hurting and all my possessions gone. It's it's too much for me to talk about in detail. It really is. But I, the next thing I knew, I was being beaten, and then they broke my instrument in front of me, and and then this the scariest thing I've ever seen this person came and and his words seemed to cut right through me and he dragged me out to the city gate I, I didn't even hardly know what was going on and the next thing I know you're throwing me up on the back of a horse and we're pounding off across the moorland and and then well then you know the rest but I, I don't know who they were or what that tall fellow was you said you know this stag? We do. Um, we've met him. That's basically what started us on this um, on this journey that we're on right now was meeting that stag. Uh, he's, well, to me, to my people, he, he's legendary. Many stories have been told amongst my people about the iron stag. He's foundational to our family's history. I had always considered him to be a, a myth, but um, several days ago? Yep. Couple, About a week. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Long enough. You can just say days yeah. ago. Several days ago, we encountered him in the woods. And he's the one who sent us on this journey that took us to Flenmore first and, and now to these four cities to which we're traveling. It's hard to explain. It's hard to describe everything that's happened to us since this all began, but, but he's did, a friend. Did I hear him say, go, yes. ride? Uh, yep. Yes. He's not... <laughs> what is this? He's not a normal stag. I'll say this is the stuff of legends. <laughs> hey, you could write like a song about this. <laughs> I, I'm already working on one. <laughs> I've never seen something so wonderful. And, uh, well, maybe it'll give me something to do for the next few hours while we're trying to get out of these <laughs> mountains. But you know, being with you is, is an adventure all its own. As you ride, uh, you're taking a much easier route or not much easier speed, and you're making your way along the road. Morning dawns, uh, and you have that pink light washing over you from the east that begins to yellow as the sun rises in the sky. And another couple of hours of winding and making your way down the slopes of the mountains. 
uh, you, you finally begin to catch a glimpse here and there of the flat lands to the east. As you descend, the road passes through a final cut, and you're suddenly bathed in sunlight as you emerge from the shadow. The road continues to snake downward, looping back on itself multiple times to ease the descent. Below you, to the east, a broad, flat plain seems to stretch on and on in all directions. But the majority of the land seems to consist of marshy ground. To the distant east, you can just make out the thin, bluish-gray line of a large body of water. The closer you come to the plain, however, the more you notice a distinct smell. It's a brackish smell that curls about your nostrils. The air becomes more still and warm the closer you get, and a gritty dampness seeps under your clothing and armor. It doesn't take long before you're sweating heavily and your horses are panting in the warmth. Hmm. Well, my first thought was, ooh, brackish smell and dampness. Tira's going to love it, but it doesn't sound like I do. <laughs> you can, uh, but it's... For most people. But then you people. start saying it's hot and yeah, sticky and yeah. sweaty, so now I'm like, not so much. Can we see the city of Drizzling from here? Or it's Isling. Isling, right. You cannot. Uh, you're assuming if it's a port city, it's going to be that thin, bluish-gray line of water that's off on the horizon. Okay. Uh, what you can see is that marsh. And you remember Rebecca telling you about a great salt marsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he was tell- uh, at the foothills on the west side of the mountains, he was telling you about that. So there's really nothing of note up here, just right. setting the stage for you. Uh, if, if, if there's anything you want to do, stop and refresh or something before you make your way down. Rebek does tell you, uh, down at the foot of this path, of this road, there is a a village of sorts. We can stop in there, maybe find a bit of rest I can tell you it's not a not a lovely place to be. I think Glue needs water, though. She does. Uh, we may need to stop and find a rivulet or something. The, the closer we get to the Great Salt Marsh, the worse the water is going to be. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think our horses need water. I think we need water. You find a little clear trickle of water that's coming out from some rocks in the mountainside. And as the horses scent that water, as they smell it, they begin to gulp at it greedily. They are obviously happy to have something fresh <laughs> after mm-hmm. a night of, of riding, even at a slow pace. It's, it's been a demanding ride for all of you, and you're all bone-weary. Mm. Yeah, we didn't really finish our sleep at mm-hmm. the inn. I'm hungry. I don't, I, I don't have any more of my dried meats. Does anybody have any dried meats? I don't want to eat these rations. All I have are my rations. I would say that we're about um, maybe an hour away from this town. Yeah, I, I have nothing left but rations either, Bash. Maybe. All right, I'll eat one of my rations. Yeah. What exactly are they? They're usually dried meats, uh, thick breads. But there's just something about the way they're packaged that now, did you have to eat MREs or something oh, like that? Oh, of course, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so you yeah. know that you know that flavor. Yeah, it's it. I mean, it's you it, don't the first the first couple of times you eat them, it's fine. But if you eat them for like a week for field week, oh man, you're like, I can't wait for real food. <laughs> Is it really salty or something? There's a lot of salt in it. It's because for, you're to re- preserve well and to replenish your salt because oh. you're out being. They, these are high calorie things. They're they're meant to replenish calories. 
and to provide a lot of those minerals that you're mm. leaching out when you sweat. And some taste better than others. Yes. Um, but there's they're wrapped in this plastic, and that plastic just gets yeah. into it the food. It. Yeah. And so you have a lot of the same kind of thing going on here with the rations. They're individually, I'm going to say they're individually packaged mm-hmm. uh, and sealed fantasy world style, whatever mm-hmm. that Probably means. Probably like made in cloth and then like wax over it or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, but they're not anything special. And maybe a little bit bland. Yeah, just ex- survival except, food. Right, enough to keep you going. Uh, so yeah, you. I think you would have a hankering, especially after the food you had at the inn last night. Do we have water bladders as well, or water skins? Yeah, okay. you should. Okay, that I'm going be... to fill mine up. Obviously, good, good call. Yeah, samezies. So yeah, you you replenish here, get back on the horses, who now seem to move with a little more pep in their step, mm-hmm. and you make your way down to a point at which Rebeck says, "Well, this is it," and you look down and you can see. The road continues north, and it looks like it goes north and then curves around this great salt marsh, but it's a long way around, as in a several days' ride to take the road around. The village, there's a, there's a track that breaks off of this road and heads due east, and you can see just the little tops of some pretty lumpy-looking roofs to the east where this village is. Okay. Maybe so- about a half mile down. After we stop there, though, are we going to have to go around or through the marsh to get to the next place? Are you Spoilers? musing this out loud, or is is or is Tira? No, I, I, I'm using. Yeah, okay. I'm wondering, not Tira. So I don't get to know then, do I? <laughs> now, if Tira asks, because Rebecca did mention this in the past. Oh yeah. So, just kidding. That was Tira, not me. No. Um, wow, Rebecca, that city still looks like it's. A long ways away. Is this the only way to get there to well, go through? You can't the marsh? see the city. Well, you, the the coast though. You said yeah, yeah. See that's the way out coast, there. Uh-huh. And but the marsh is in between us, and you can see the road that looks like it's going to take several days to to ne- negotiate or whatever. And sorry, what was your question again? Is this the only way to get there? Is there any quicker pass? Well, this town is called Sedge, and it. Um. Their primary industries are fishing, the a lot of eels, and then Ooh, eel pies. Transportation. They they do transport goods across the marsh, but they do it in these big flat bottom boats. And uh, I think that's probably going to be the the quickest way. But perhaps we can get into town, and and you can decide for yourselves at that point. Are these boats big enough to carry like a person and horses? I've never done it before. Uh, we'll just have to see. I, I've heard yeah. stories about this town. It has something of a reputation. A what good reputation of... or a bad reputation? I was about to ask, what kind of reputation? He trots on ahead. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I'll be looking forward to some maybe dried fish or something. Yeah. I mean, fishing village, even though he says mostly eel, that, that's edible. And it'd be fresh and not preserved. The muddy track leads over a small rise, that half mile up, then descends toward the marsh. Spiky grass with broad leaves grows in thick clumps that crowd together. But what really catches your eye is the village. It's the most pitiful collection of buildings you have ever seen. The walls of the leaning structure seem to be slathered in mud, and in places you can see the crisscrossed ends of reeds poking out to form a lattice underneath. There's been a half-hearted attempt to make a corduroy road 
leading there. That's the road you're on, this little track. But many of the logs have long since splintered and begun to decay in the soggy ground. The track brings you to an equally muddy cross street that runs the length of the village. Houses are built out over the water, supported by pilings that look dark with wet and age. Their ends disappear into the water which has a thick skin of greenish-blue algae floating on top. The salty tang of the marsh hangs thick here, and great clear clusters of salty crystals have formed all over the exposed wood. Speaking of wood, thankfully, a slick boardwalk runs along both sides of the road, although there are gobs of mud along its length. It's apparent villagers use the wooden edge as a place to scrape the worst of the gluey mud off their feet before they walk on it. At intervals, the boardwalk extends into the marsh forming rickety-looking piers. Large, flat-bottomed skiffs bob uncertainly in the sluggish water. Along the piers are wooden frameworks from which long eels hang by their tails. Here and there lounges a desultory soul that stirs occasionally to keep the raucous gulls from pecking at the carcasses. And that is what you see. Charming. <laughs> this is Sedge. And as, as you enter town, now uh, Rebeck has taken the lead and he looks over his shoulder with a meaningful glance at all three of you. <laughs> kind of an apologetic bob of his head. But you go clopping in. Yeah, which one of these buildings is the one where we can get some food yeah i would say to your dwarven eyes this place is an offense (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is this place is a joke (laughs) i'm leaving yeah what a dump (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay (sighs) as you're standing there waiting uh, you can see a couple figures moving in the stifling heat and then at intervals these little insects just land on your arms, your exposed yeah. skin, and begin to bite. And they leave these itchy red welts everywhere they fall. <sighs> this place is horrible. <laughs> I told you it had a reputation, he says quietly. Rebeck says. Let's find the... Pl- I don't know how I eat anything from this place. Is, is the food covered in bugs, too? Yes. That's uh, considered a delicacy. Oh, dear. Protein. Let's find the place where we can get some food. Ask about the boats. And not spend any, any more time here than we have to. Sounds good. Uh, it looks like this is the place to go. And he points at the entrance into town. So where the east-west road meets with the north-south road street in town. Uh, right on the corner there, the left corner, is a what looks like a general store that you can see little barrels of things out front on the boardwalk and the sign hangs crookedly. It's very weathered. The paint is peeling, but you can just make out the words general store. There's barrels of things out on outside the store on the street. Are they covered in, shouldn't they be covered in bugs? Well, you don't know what's in the barrels. That's true. All right. I'm going to get down off glue and I'm going to take some of the uh, mud and put it on my arms and my legs that are exposed it's going to help me keep cool at the, as well as keep the bugs off of me. Okay. Good thinking. You can see Wamberbash begin to get down and slather himself up. <laughs> and the others. I'm just going to... Rebeck gives you an appreciative nod. <laughs> I am going boy. to... That's where all the parasites live, you know, in the mud. <laughs> yeah, but I've, I've seen animals do this to keep cool and keep <laughs> bugs off of them. 
<laughs> I have my armor to protect me from from yeah, insects. Where they get under and you can't get at them. Yeah. That's when yeah. I just wriggle. You can feel the sweat trickling down your back. Yeah, You're I was nice. going to ask you, is it just suddenly hotter here or has it been hot? It's been increasing as you've descended okay. on this side. Seems fishy. Why is it suddenly so hot here? Well, remember, you are approaching Seth Arban, which is a desert country. Oh, yeah. And then this is on the far side of the mountains of Moriga, where weather patterns form off of this sea that you're approaching. I think this must be much, much different weather than Tyr is used to. It's very different. Uh, the, the heat is actually quite oppressive to you. Yeah. It's not the forge heat that you might be used to as a dwarf. Which is drier. Yes. Because it's fire. Yeah, this feels like you're swimming. Is there any... I'm looking at my... Is there anything that I can take off? Because I'm thinking, like, I would want to be like... But I don't know that I have that many layers on. No, you could roll up the sleeves on your shirt. That'd be about all... And roll up your pants legs. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of push... But see, then the bugs get on me. This is a no-win. This is a a definite no-win for poor Tira. I'm just going to head into the store and try and get this over with. Okay. As you tie up your horses outside, there's a, an old bar that goes across that's good for tying your horses to. But they, okay. they're, you can hear them snorting and blowing and, and kind of trotting side to side, trying to... Swishing their tails Yeah, like their tails mad. are going all over, uh, trying to keep the bugs off. But they are also, again, not very happy. Man, I don't even want to stay here any longer than we have to. All right, are you going to go into the general I'm in store? The, yeah, I'm in there because i got to get me something to eat or whatever and uh, and then and try and find someone to talk to about these punting things. All right, so you head in. Uh, the door is just open. You step in, and the interior is jammed. It's not dirty or messy, but there's just a lot in here. And probably the the best take you can have on it is that this is an out-of-the-way place, and so they just stock up on everything in the off chance that they're going to need it someday. Mm -hmm. So as you come in, the proprietor of the store says, Oh, come on in, come on in. Ooh, it just occurred to me, sorry, this is kind of off the topic, but I just thought maybe I can find a better shirt in here. (laughs) I might have to take a look and see what he's got. Why you not from around here, are you? No, not at all, because Tira's kind of, she's feeling particularly ungracious at the moment because it's just really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and just don't even feel like making the effort to be friendly at the moment. Well, why don't you sit on down here? Uh, sit on down and I, I'll bring you something to drink, something, it'll perk you up a little bit. Okay. Peter, what are you doing? I'm coming with her, so I go into the store, and I guess I sit down. Yeah, I figured I figured the three of you went in, mm-hmm. the four of you. Uh, Rebeck is kind of going through and just dipping his hands into the various containers and things and just looking at everything he can get his hands on. Womberbash, what are you doing? I'm going to ask, uh, do, do, uh, do you have any scrudels by any chance? Scrudels? What is that? You know, they're like these little things, and they have tails that like curl up, and they have little little things, that little arms that pinch. Are you talking about uh, crawdads? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I don't sell much in the way of, uh, of, of cooking food, but I do have all sorts of other things. I'm looking for food. Oh well. Um, out on the boardwalk, out there, you'll, you'll be able to find somebody who's selling. He's got a little cart out there. Okay, I'm going out there. 
All right, so Wamberbash heads back out towards the food truck, <laughs> the food cart, and we'll pick back up with you in just a moment. Tira and Peter, you're in there, and after a moment, the person turns around and sets down two glasses. I say glasses. They're more like cups. Wooden cups. Yeah, carved out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> something. <laughs> it feels cool, whatever it is. When you pick up the cup, you can feel the coolness against the yes. sides. But you can't really see... What I'm drinking. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. Okay, you smell a surprisingly refreshing mint odor. Okay, so take a drink, I guess. Yeah. It's water. It's not the best water you've ever had, but it does have a little pinch of, of um, mint in it. Mm. And so it, it does help drive off some of the discomfort, but okay. it's not the best drink you've ever had. Right. So I'm just going to kind of quickly down that because I just want to get out of here. Um well, thank you for that. And um, well, what brings you into our town? Well, we're just passing through, really, and we're trying to get to Isling. Um, is there any better way to get? Th- our friend who we're traveling with says that you have transportation through the marshes. Oh yeah, we got the best marsh transportation you could ask for. You saw those boats out there, right? Yes, I saw those. Are those the only, those are the boats that you? We've used been to get doing across? this for years and years and years. And can you transport animals as well as people? Oh, you betcha! Oh, sure! Oh, oh yeah. sure! Yeah, oh yeah! Uh, oh, you betcha! <laughs> well, we have four people and four horses that need to get across this marsh so that we can get to Isling as quickly as possible. I tell you what, you find old Snick, and he and his brother will get you all set up. They are the best pullmen out there. And where can I find Snick? Uh, he's also going to be out there on the boardwalk, I bet you. I guarantee. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, oh, okay. So I'm looking around the store a little bit. Do I see any clothes or any fabrics or anything? You see, again, some of that heavy-duty fabric. Uh, it's it's not uncomfortable looking, but it is... Is that gonna be rough or? It, it looks too like warm? it would be pretty rough, but it is. Uh, you, you see a vest. Can that, I look at it a little more closely? Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like it would be about your size. Is it bedazzled or? Yeah. <laughs> She's a rhinestone cowboy. Yes. Uh, what color is it? It's brown. Is it like leather fact, or what is it? Everything. The the handful of people you saw about town before you went in, and even the proprietor of this store. Um, they, they all wear very earthy-looking tones, grays and browns, and even the whites aren't mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I want any of that rough broadcloth stuff, and I don't know what good a vest really is going to be, so never mind. I guess I'm just going to... So I, I, you know, looks around a little bit, but I don't want, I don't want any of that stuff. So I'm just going to... All right, well, thank, thank you for the information. Um... Oh, yeah, sure, gonna, oh, sure. I'm just going to head out. Hey, this guy wants Where? money. Oh, Bash, are you out of money? I don't have any money. Yeah, didn't you buy it? You spent it all on stuff. No, he didn't spend it all. Can you use your money? She's <laughs> <laughs> saying you just don't want to use your money? He didn't have what I was looking for, but like he's got like these small little fish that are like really... Really salty, and then he's got like these snake fish. Those are probably the eels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of money left. You, um... Yeah, yeah. They had the the fish that uh, that look like snakes. Yeah, th- those are definitely the eels. Um, all right. Well, so you found the food truck anyway, and we were oh, that's what we were trying to figure out who had the, who had money to pay for all this. Um, I mean, I have a little bit of money. I can if you if you need me to. He's asking for a few coppers. It's not expensive here. I can oh. pay for that. Okay. You mooch. <laughs> Look at him. Well, then you had two silvers left yeah, from the end. I have three gold, two silvers. Uh-huh. Now, while you're deliberating, basically what you see is he has this little hand cart that has a, a big pot that's full of rice, just the white grain rice, and it's steaming. He, he apparently made it somewhere nearby and has just wheeled out his cart. And then there's another container next to it in the cart that has little chopped up pieces of um, crawfish. And so uh, it's, it looks like a sauce of some kind that has the lumps of the meat in it. And then he's selling that for a couple coppers each, okay. each serving. All right. Well, that, that can we smell it from here? Mm-hmm. It smells, it smells, smells, smells all good. Right. It smells like, smells decent. I, I want some stuff it. so I can put on my pack for later. I'm not sure how well this particular meal will travel. Maybe if you... Maybe you can buy one of the fish off him or one of the eels. Are they dried? They are. Okay. The ones he's selling. I would say maybe the, the rice and the sauce would be good to eat now and then see if you can buy a couple of those dried fish or those eel off of him to pack. I'm going to need six eels. Six eels. I basically That's just... a lot, Bash. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, I'm just saying, we don't know when we're going to have another food. I mean, I'm just trying to pack some for later. I just handed him mm. two, uh, my, my two silvers to hopefully pay for whatever we get. Hand them to who? The guy, the guy who has the, the food cart. The food cart guy. Okay. So we, I guess we, we walk up to the food cart at this point. Yeah. Um. He accepts the money and his eyes go really big when he sees two silvers coming into his hand. And you can hear him... <laughs> He's just so tickled that he has this food or this money. Uh, and then he, he gives you probably more than you've actually paid for uh, okay. because this, this money is, they don't see money like this very often. It set me off a little bit. I thought it was some young guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he brings up the crazy old he is. laugh. <laughs> was, oh, that's, life. <laughs> that's even worse. He's three. Yeah, oh man. I thought it was like some teenager who was like doing this and then he goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. So anyway, you have yeah. uh, six strips of eel meat, mm-hmm. uh, a couple pieces of fish that have been salted and, and preserved. And then uh, three bowls of the rice and sauce. Rebecca, don't get any? Well, whatever. Everybody has some. Okay. While you're finishing up your transaction and finding places to put all these newfound goodies, mm-hmm. uh, Tira, you do look over and you see a couple figures leaning against the railing of the boardwalk. And they seem to be looking at you with interest. Uh, one of them is short shorter than the other one who is quite tall and very muscular and broad and uh once the smaller one sees you he jabs the bigger guy in the waist because that's about as high as his elbow goes and then he comes swaggering over to you 
Couldn't help but notice y'all are new in town. Uh, what you here for? We're just passing through. Uh, we are looking you for... You don't say. Passing through. We're looking for a gentleman by the name of Old Snick. Looking for transportation. Listen to that, brother. They're looking for me. <laughs> I am Snick at your service. And he does his really low bow with a sweeping arm gesture out to the side. It looks ridiculous, but he seems to really enjoy the, the gesture. And then he stands back up, and you can hear the big guy going, <laughs> and Snick says, that's right, brother, that's right. We're going to have some business, it sounds like. What you looking to do? We're just looking to get us four and our four horses across the salt marsh. We're going oh. to Isling. Isling, yes. We make that trip all the time. It's, a, it's a, going to be an overnight trip at this point. But my brother and I are up to it. And I figure two skiffs, one for the people and one for the horses, and we, we should make good time. We should make good time. Let's see these horses. All right. Well, they're tied up in front of the general Yeah, I see store. them. They're right over there. It's like 20 feet away. <laughs> well, he said, let's see these horses. So I up, figured I had to point them out. Up close. Uh, and so he goes over and he runs his hand down their sides. And even glue seems to respond well to his touch. Uh I think they'll do fine. They'll do fine. All right, well, how much will it be if you get all all eight of us across? You hear the big fellow go, <laughs> and Snick says, I know, I'm getting to that part. I'm getting there. Now, let's see. Four horses, four people, two boats. I'm going to say it's going to be ten gold. It's a long trip. It's it can be a little bit iffy sometimes. Good thing I didn't give my yeah, one. No I have Quit I have money away if you I have three gold. I say we forget this and we take our <laughs> take the road. Do any of us have anything we could I probably sell? I have four sell? gold. You have three. What do you have? You have money, Bash. I just don't think we should give ten gold to that. Then now I don't think we should do that. It's either that or we're gonna be days and days in this heat, and I need to get out of here. You must spend days and days traveling on foot through this salty marsh, being uh, bitten by bugs. Ten There's gold. no way you could do this on foot, says Snick. Ten, ten gold that. is too much. Yeah, could maybe, I, maybe we can negotiate with them. I could try and barter. Do any of us have anything that we could bear to part with? Um, let me look here. Our star stones. No. <laughs> Goodness, I don't have anything that I'm willing to part with. I don't think ten is too much. I mean, we, we we I don't even know if we have ten gold. I mean, can can we do it for cheaper? I mean, the food here only costs a few copper, but suddenly the trip across costs ten gold. Well, that's a lot of stuff that they have to they have to get for people. Hey, Peter, do me a favor. Yeah, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you are not supposed to be negotiating for them. Uh, the big guy goes <laughs> and you hear snick say i don't know I, that mm, you're putting us in an awful tough spot how often do people come through here asking you to fare oh all the time all uh -huh. the time it looks like this 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 village is a shanty town i beg your pardon he puts <laughs> his hand on his chest and looks offended <laughs> Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
remember, Tira is impetuous. I know it, but now I'm going to lose us our ride. But I want the ride I don't want to spend. You're next... playing your character. I don't want to spend the next six episodes walking through a marsh. <laughs> I'm going to turn around. I'm going to grab glue. And I'm going to look at Rebeck and try to say, hey, I'm just going to take the road. And I'm looking at Rebeck like, maybe if we do this, they might change their mind if they think that they're going to lose out on this. We can say good thinking. Hmm. Rebeck also takes his horse and he looks dismissively at the brothers as they both stand there. You can see the big one is starting to look a little concerned. (laughs) And Rebeck says, you'll never know what you passed up. I would have gone with it myself, but we'll find another skiff. One that's more reasonable. Tira, Peter, let's go. And with that, he begins to walk away. Mm-hmm. I cotton on real fast, and I go yeah. and I go and get I go and get pork meat. All right, so you all begin to head away, yes. and before you know it, you feel a hand on your shoulder. Now listen, let's we can be reasonable. Um, what if I make it six gold? <laughs> <laughs> Now listen, you're taking us away from our work. You're well, taking us away from our homes. Tira and I could definitely pay that together. And one of us can keep his Can you do money. me a favor? Can you be quiet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I think I think we should pay no less than four, guys. What do you think? No less than four. <laughs> no more than four. No more than four pieces. There's four of us. Four gold. One gold a piece. I think that's There's sounds, eight of us. There's... Peter, <laughs> be quiet! Sorry. I'm lawful good. It's not my fault. Okay. If I were any taller, I would just reach up and gag you. <laughs> I can see you grabbing him by his ear and just yeah. marching him away from everybody. Peter! I mean, Rebecca, what do you think? I think one gold, one gold, one for, gold a piece, for, yeah. for a piece. I mean, I just... I don't know. That just seems like a lot. Just remember where we are, says Rebeck to you. You said that to Rebeck? Yeah. They don't see much of this around here. You'd be doing them a good deal. Five. That's it. I say five. Done. And Snick holds out his hand. You have successfully negotiated a price. And with that, we are going to wrap up this episode. <laughs> you have arranged for transport across... <laughs> Great. <laughs> The Great Salt Marsh. I'm going to give my two pieces of gold away. (laughs) Tell you what, you can give one and I'll give two. I've got four and I apparently have the most gold of all three of us, so. I can do two as well. See, there you go. You're getting How much gold do you have? (laughs) No joke. Three. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's talk experience points. You get one discovery point for finding the village of Sedge. And I'm going to go ahead and give you two experience points each for negotiating a good price and for your interactions with the various townspeople here. And let's talk Norse battle. Well, I think, well, he just gave us points for negotiating, but that was, I was, like, my my mind just blanked. I didn't think of it. That was Bash who was like, I think we should pretend to walk away and... Had the good idea for that. 
But you already gave us points for negotiating. Okay, fine. I revoke your points. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. I should get points for siding with the guys. No, you shouldn't. Yeah, actually, you that should be negative points. Take away a point points. because he, he wouldn't shut his mouth. <laughs> um, Gotta know when to fold him. <laughs> yeah, right. See, here, here we go again. Another episode where we didn't do anything. You did stuff. It's just... I guess. The whole interaction with Rebeck and explain the stag and all that. Okay. I'm actually going to give you one experience point, Peter, for being a little bit cagey about your Starstone. I know there has not yet been a real directive for you to uh, be secretive, mm-hmm. but you're being pursued by somebody and you have no idea who's listening or anything like that. So caution is a useful ally at this point. So I think I think giving you an experience point for that will be good. That's in character for him too, because he's the most skeptical about magic anyway. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Can I get uh, experience points for, uh, for Tira and I for saying let's take the back uh, the back way to avoid talking to that dude just in case he was sketchy, and also getting the jump on those guys because if we had just said oh, let's go downstairs and talk, yeah. we would we would have had a confrotation with. Um, Bird boy and tall guy. Then we could have gotten into into a fight and got an actual experience point. (laughs) (laughs) Or death. (laughs) Uh, It's worth it. Five experience points? Yes. Uh, So you, yeah, why don't you both take two for that? Didn't he only get one for being Why don't you take one for that? Yes. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Do me a favor, Tira. Can you also be quiet? <laughs> well, yeah. you're ahead of all of us anyway. You don't need that many. So I think that's going to do it for this yeah. uh, this episode. Why don't you go ahead and recap your experience point totals? All right. Tira is now 21 points in level three. Womberbash is now 25 points in uh, level three. Peter Greyhawk currently has 23 experience points into level three. Great. Before we close our episode for good this week, I do want to give a couple shout outs. Number one is our friend down in Australia, Pod Candy Review, who gave us a very nice review on her blog. And just wanted to say thank you for the interaction and so glad that you are getting into D&D now and that you're excited about getting your set of books. Hope you have a great time and I hope you can learn a little bit how to play from listening to us and the other podcasts that you're listening to and that you'll enjoy this game for a long time to come. It's a great hobby. I also want to say thank you very much to my circle of DM friends. Uh, We are meeting online, having video chats to talk about the art of DMing, and it's been a lot of fun to get to know each of these folks, uh, Twitter friends that are becoming personal friends, and it's great to have those kinds of interactions and to share the love of the game between us. So that's it for this episode. Just want to say thank you to everybody for listening, and we hope you are enjoying our ongoing story. We are having a fun time making it, and we will see you next time right here on Stack of Dice. Keep your eyes peeled for more giveaways in the future. Peel your eyes for the future.
Of and things don't, given. Don't, don't say it that way. <laughs> Peel your eyes. <laughs> it puts the lotion on its Biting skin. Biting my time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Buffalo Bill. <laughs> hey, Buffalo Bill. <laughs>